day, everyone. Thanks for joining us again for another wonderful episode of Critical Podcast. Uh, just as we thought, we were getting a grip of everything that was going on in the world, and uh, and Canada, for that matter. It's It really seemed like we had it in the bag. It was moving in the right direction. All of a sudden, it's uh, it's definitely not. It's uh, We took a wicked turn somewhere along the way. And uh, whatever this timeline we're on is, uh, it's it's hell-bent to have problems. And uh, on that note, let's uh, get into it. So, without wasting any time, uh, the topic of the day, uh, the, the NPO. Um, I'm, I'm going to leave the New World Order and all of the Bidenisms and deranged old man crap behind. And uh, we're going to focus on the NPO, the, the new political order. As far as Canada is concerned, we, we definitely are in a brand new and dangerous political situation. Uh, for those of you who haven't caught on to the reference, uh, NDP has decided they are going to publicly lick the dog's rear end uh, and side with Trudeau on literally everything they want. Uh, they they have signed a deal to support Trudeau and their minority government, making them a coalition majority. Uh, basically, uh, effectively unstoppable, at least until the next election, at which time Justin Trudeau thinks he's going to win again. So, uh, yeah, there's that. And after that development, I mean, I've kind of grappled with the concept, um, or at least at least the threat that any Western civilization at this point could very well slide into the same trajectory we saw Venezuela slip into when they took on communism, socialism, whatever, whatever ism in that specter of non-democracy uh, you want to call it. Uh, but I, socialism and communism both kind of lie in the same track. And I've kind of been on on guard, kind of seeing what's going on and, and how everything's shaping up and behaving, and uh, kind of wondering, could it happen here? And if it could, what would it look like? And uh, unfortunately, I think I think we're about to watch how that unfolds. Uh, certainly, we're watching inflation start to pick up its pace at a very, very scary level, hand-in-hand uh, hand with Venezuela. Uh, once it really took off there, it, overnight you couldn't afford bread, and the infamous bread lines came to be. Do I think it'll necessarily get that bad here? No. Uh, I don't necessarily think we're on the exact same track, but uh, it's definitely something I worry about. And what socialism, communism has done to every state that tries to implement it, uh, but now that NDP have basically a big boy seat at the table and Justin Trudeau has no tactful opposition at this point. It doesn't matter who you elect. Uh, certainly I hope we get a strong blue-blooded Canadian running the opposition. However, at least until the next election, there's not a lot anyone can do. So we're basically on a school bus and the crazy commies are driving the bus. Uh, where that bus goes and how many accidents we get into, we don't know yet, but uh, we do know it's coming. 
Uh, things I worry about right off the top is the UBI. Uh, I think that's going to be extremely problematic when you've got a liberal NDP platformed party running to push universal basic income. Uh, you want to talk about damage to inflation and just keeping that middle class divide harder and harder to, to survive in. Ultimately, the end result, whether it's the goal or not, it, even if you grant people naivete and, and assume that they're not as malicious as they could be, and, and they're just ignorant, stupid, even if you look at it from an innocent perspective, inserting UBI and handing out checks to every man, woman, and child of working age, because... Uh, kid you not, 18-year-olds will also get it, just like we saw them get CERB. Uh, didn't matter if you're living at home or not, you, you got it. So, once you start handing out money, left, right, and center, uh, the you're, you're going to be basically printing money to do this. We certainly don't have the coffers and the tax revenue to fund programs like this. We don't have enough tax money to fund the programs we currently have. So adding any program was most certainly going to inflate our dollar. And as we've learned in the last two years, inflation equals pain and suffering for the normal citizen. Uh, you're, you're going to get less m purchasing power with every dollar. Uh, instead of taking $60 to fill your gas tank, it's going to take 100 Instead of taking 100 it's going to take $150. Uh, and this is the, the path we are most certainly on. Uh, the only question now is how much worse is it going to get with a Jagro Justin Trudeau Jagmeet Singh? We got to figure out a nickname for that. I'm sure there's got to be one out there, like a Benefer. Either way, uh, with those two clowns running the show, uh, we are in for some trouble. Uh, and the people that pay the most are 100% the middle class, which is where I get so gosh darn angry and i'm probably going to try and sit down with a with an ndp supporter of some kind um have a little back and forth uh a little bit of a reckoning with their their affiliations perhaps uh because i'm i'm somebody who i'm a working man i'm a blue collar guy I, i'm happily in the middle class upper to middle class uh, i have a good job uh we're doing okay but I mean, I'm not. I'm not rolling in it. I'm not on the sunshine list. I'm not. I can't just go to the store and buy a new car. Um, but nonetheless, I'm. I'm doing okay. I'm a working man, and I've. I have in the past voted for the working man's party, the NDP, uh, the party I grew up knowing as Jack Layton's party. Uh, from what I, to this day, still understand, a very salt of the earth man. I. I think, he was probably the only NDP leader that deserved a shot to proving himself. Uh, I think he was a solid man of integrity and value, and I think that he would be losing his mind right now if he could see what's become of the party that he really substantively formed. Um, he certainly wasn't the first one to form it, but he has, in my lifetime, been the largest contributor to that party and what that party stood for. Uh, unfortunately, under Jagmeet Singh, he has completely gutted 
what that party stood for. It was the working man's party, the the civil advocacy, the protest party, everything you've seen them vote and act against. Uh, they vote to invoke emergency powers against protesters. They condemn protesting. Uh, they tell you to just get in line and listen to the government. They have the best interests at heart. And now they're striking backroom deals with, with the with the leadership government. Uh, it's nothing, nothing like what it should have been. Uh, and it's actually mind-boggling to see I mean, should it be mind-boggling? Is it is it weird historically to see the the people, the the workers movement, uh, be subverted by commies and socialists? Maybe it's not. Maybe maybe that's me being a little wet behind the ears and and taking things too innocently. Uh, history might might disagree. History might say, yeah, we could have saw this coming. Either way, it's here now. Uh, and it, it boggles me to no end to see that <laughs> the, the working men's party is the one that's really going to put the last nail in the middle class coffin. Uh, it's going to hurt. I, I don't actually see a, I, again, looking, I'm already looking to the exit of this show. I, this is not an episode I want to get into, but it's one we can't, we can't not do, uh, but it sucks. I, I don't have I don't have that offer of hope at the end of this. I don't know where we go from here. Uh, hopefully there's smarter minds than mine putting some effort into trajectories and how, how we manage this. I simply don't see it. Because uh, as long as the NDP are willing to prop up this government, there's not a lot we can do. Uh, as long as they, they effectively hold a majority government. Uh, a majority socialist. Oh, that sucks, man. Just just saying that. But despite all of the domestic issues uh, Trudeau and company have created, uh, internationally, uh, we <laughs> maybe we get saved from on the outside. Uh, internationally, Justin Trudeau has just been taking a licking in the last few days. Uh, he decided in his glory, the, the man will never turn away from an international spotlight at all. So he went to the EU to address the European Union and talk about how we're going to save Ukraine, the bastion of democracy it is. Uh, for context, in the last week, uh, Ukraine has banned like four opposition parties, not the Nazis. They're not banning them, uh, but they are banning the other opposition parties. Uh, they have segregated, sorry, they have consolidated the state media into approved stations. Uh, they have, they've just been on a roll of nonsense. Again, stuff you won't see in the mainstream news. Um, but yeah, they've been, they've been doing great. Uh, good things there. Uh, so Trudeau goes to the European Union, has his whole speech, and absolutely takes a tongue lashing from about a half dozen members, um, which I found hilariously surprising. Uh, there was at least two members I saw that 
I, I could have called coming. Uh, I believe the one lady from Germany who has been against all of this madness from the start, not surprising. She stood up, gave him a lashing, and she was very, very like precise in how she did it. If you haven't heard it, treat yourself to that. Uh, literally said, basically, that uh, Trudeau has no right to even be in that council uh, as he is at the hand of perpetrating atrocities against d- democracy, uh, trampling people with horses and whatnot. Uh, a, a leader from Croatia also ripped Trudeau a new one. Uh, they were somebody I didn't see coming. Uh, so it was nice to see. And truly, it, it was great to see him kind of just get ripped across the board. So it's not just conservative Canadians that are seeing the problems with Trudeau and just the insanity. Because at this point, it doesn't even matter what political lean you have. Trudeau's just garbage. Uh, nobody wins. Uh, traditional liberals, even like semi-woke liberals, like you're not winning when you can't afford to keep living. Uh, when, when your price of gas has gone up 40 cents in the last two months. And then not only that is Trudeau's still pushing to add another, I think it's 15 or 20 cents carbon tax on top starting April 1st. As if some sick April Fool's joke uh, played upon the, the peasants of Canada. Uh, in an international gas energy crisis... Uh, you know, we're going to, we're going to make it more expensive, but why should we expect anything less from good old Justin? But pivoting back home after Justin's continued international embarrassment, which is just so bittersweet because you know how much that prick loves praise, uh, internationally. He, he, again, he's, he's announced policy moves internationally before he brings it domestically. Uh, he'll go on a trip to Ireland and tell them how we're changing this policy on energy. Uh, meanwhile, people in Alberta are shell-shocked watching their TVs. Uh, again, the, guy's, the guy has no loyalty to the country. Uh, he serves himself and no one else. Um, and on that exact topic, uh, I think given the socialist uh, coalition, I think calls for separation from Alberta are probably going to get as close to happening, if not actually just happen, uh, that we've ever seen. Uh, I don't think you'll see Quebec join now. Uh, Now that they've gone full socialist, uh, Quebec tends to side with whatever party is going to give them the money. Uh, And again, I've said it before and I stand by it. I don't actually fault Quebec for giving alliance to the people that are going to treat them the best. It's super self-serving. And I can't fault people for that. Do what's best for you. I'm going to do what's best for me. Uh, If Trudeau was going to offer me a shit ton of money, yeah, guess what? I might be able to put aside... No, maybe a problem. Bad example. But, again, you guys get the, the greater point that... I can't actually fault Quebec for kind of falling into whatever category is going to help them independently the best. Uh, So I don't think with the Socialist Coalition you see Quebec calling to leave. I I think the money is going to be flowing quite freely. So they'll be happy. However, it'll come directly as 
Alberta bleeds. Uh, Alberta's been bleeding for quite some time with the equalization payments, where basically Canada claims a national right to a lot of the energy resources, uh, and as such, Alberta actually has to pay out a royalty, if you want to call it that way, uh, towards the entire country. And then that gets distributed amongst the provinces based on how much support they actually need. So you see a lot of the more struggling provinces, PEI, Newfoundland, Quebec even, which they cook their books a little bit. Quebec is could be fine without it. But anyway, they take a big chunk of these equalization payments. And that comes at, Al- at, Alber- at Alberta's expense. Uh, they already have one of the lowest tax rates in the country, if not exactly the lowest. Um, but provincially, Alberta is not a bad place to be. Uh, their tax rates are low. Their governments are largely out of your business. Uh, they definitely have a more conservative lean, although the NDP have been grabbing a foothold lately. I think as of COVID, I think I think that's probably come to an end. They'll probably start paying more being NDP. Uh, I, I don't think NDP win more seats now in Alberta, but we'll see how that plays out. But nonetheless, I do think with with a socialist left, radical left-wing coalition, I think Alberta will give it the best shot it's ever given to try and split. And if that happens, I'm probably going to look to move. Uh, I don't want to be in a Canada where you're most common sense province is saying, peace, I'm out of here. You guys do you, but have none of it with me. Uh, do they succeed? I don't know. I don't actually know if it, if it can succeed, but I, I know it has to ha- attempt to. Uh, if Alberta kind of just stands by and lets this happen, I don't know. I don't know if, if how that works. I, I struggle to see how anyone kind of really stands by and watches this happen at this point. Uh, It's going to be a dark, what is it, three more years minimum? 2025 would be the next election if some miracle doesn't happen and and something forces an election. But man, that that hurts to even even say. Just before I wrap up, I'm going to keep this episode... Fairly short and sweet this week. Uh, truthfully, I didn't even want to sit down and do this. Uh, but I am I am committed to my once-a-week religious distribution. I, I have yet to miss a week. And I, I at least want to make it my full year before I have to take a week off. Um, so I'll keep this one short. But before we go, I did want to touch on the conflict with Russia and Ukraine, like, actually talk about the conflict because uh, there's been some pretty huge developments uh, with some n- international implications uh, as of last week or the week before uh, they're all kind of a blur at this point but Russia has officially used and demonstrated a hypersonic missile to put that into perspective as to how fast that really is it, Russia has launched a hypersonic missile, and hypersonic is defined as speeds higher than Mach 5, um, which is five times faster than the speed of sound, being 
the speed of sound just shy of 4,000 miles an hour. Uh, it is reported that the missile they launched, uh, called the Kinzhal, it's alleged to have hit Mach 10, which is 7,600 miles per hour. Uh, to frame that into kind of scale, a, a American Tomahawk missile has a traveling speed of about 550 miles per hour. So, 10 times that, and then some. Uh, speed of a missile has a huge impact on air defense systems. Uh, one, response time and tracking time is is huge. If if it can't, if you if you shorten your window tenfold on your reaction time, it limits what you can even possibly do. Uh, if you can seemingly get ahead of the missile, you could possibly shoot it down. However, the, the other problem is, if your system doesn't catch it, you're screwed. It's just going to hit. Uh, and even if your system does catch it, if it can't compute the lead time, because your lead time on a 76 hundred mile an hour missile is going to be massive you're going to actually be shooting into open area hoping that the missile actually runs into your bullets um, you're not actually going to be shooting at a missile but in regards to this it's we could very well because of this development be moving into a second cold war uh, and again I'm coming from a perspective that I'm not instantly anti-Russia. I, I, I have my issues with some of their tactics. I also have some, some issues with some of the Western policy influence. So I'm not necessarily pro or anti-Russia at this point. I think the government has its problems. I think the Ukrainian government has its problems. But facts are facts. And the fact is, a foreign power that, thanks to Western diplomacy, is naturally an adversary at this point, so an adversarial foreign power has hypersonic missile capabilities that has been witnessed and demonstrated. Uh, this changes the chessboard dramatically. Uh, a, a nuclear power having hypersonic technology that can literally get past all of our known defenses. Uh, I think you, you've seen the tone shift in the American policy as soon as that came out, too. Because they know it. And yes, it's true that what our militaries have that we know of versus what they're working on are two different things. But the fact is, just judging by the, the tone change in how they're discussing things, we're not in a point... Canada's certainly not, but North America as a whole, the states included, uh, they're not in a position where they can play with this yet. Uh, so that that is where a Cold War comes in, where we don't necessarily have the defenses to, to fight back, so we're always going to be kind of in this standoff position. Uh, who's going to pull the trigger? Are you going to pull the trigger and, and just have a standoff? Because Russia has nukes, and, and the capability of nuclear loads. So they are able to put nuclear load in a hypersonic missile, get it 
and it a hundred percent could land North American continental. Uh, I don't actually think that that's their desire. Uh, I, I quite explicitly know that the desire, as as they've stated in interviews, uh, they're okay with it just being a threat. Uh, they don't want to do it, but they are fully, and, and this is where we're in a battle of basically ideologies, is Putin has come out and said, he's like, I, we're okay. I don't want to start nuclear war, but he's, <laughs> take it or leave it, the man's devoutly Christian in a respectable or scary sense, depending how you look at it. But he, he has literally come out and said, he's like, we'll have better life in heaven. Uh, if, if you force us into this conflict, we'll go with you. Um, and again, this is, it's not very different than the ISIS fighters, who, who the same religious ideology that, that allows for suicide bombing, in the sense that their, their dedication to a higher power, a, a hereafter, is so steadfast that it doesn't death itself doesn't doesn't sway these people uh thankfully and i i do say that very thankfully uh putin is far more reserved and contained than a suicide bomber obviously that's a good thing everyone wins when you're not dealing with completely off the rails people that that's a good thing but nonetheless, we're in this situation that's developing quickly where we may well be in a, a second Cold War. And it's uncomfortable. It, it truly is uncomfortable. But the first Cold War was literally just a, a standoff. So if, if that's how we force dialogue and we force diplomacy... At the barrel of a... I mean, this is how our world works. Is <laughs> You can advance technology. You can advance society. You can advance your social constructs. You can advance your ideas of what gender is. All you want. But at the end of the day, humans are all just animals. And animals function on the same handful of principles. The same handful of mechanisms. And a huge chunk of it is violence. The w Nature is violent and, and savage and cutthroat. If you are a beautiful little dainty little deer, the chances are you're going to die a disgustingly savage death. Because nature is savage. Despite it having beautiful, cute, photographic moments... It all ends the same way. It's it's not it's not all roses. It's not all niceties and hello neighbor and here help me help you. Like it's not all roses. Uh, so yeah, we're we're gonna have a a bit of hard times with this. And when you're dealing with two opposing powers who seem to have no hope at middle grounding this. You've got no adults in the room where they can be like, you know what, I don't have to win every day. I'm good if we both just call it second place. But we don't live in that world. We live in a 
radically political world where being politics, you can't lose. There's, there's no concessions. There's no losses. There's no nothing. Uh, so when you've got people like Justin Trudeau, you've got Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, like you've got the, the personalities that are in play here. They're, they're, they're not going to take a loss. They're not going to allow a situation where they look anything but the best. Uh, so I certainly don't see a future where the West is like, you know what? We'll talk peace. We'll talk. Let's just go back to kind of status quo. Uh, I think we've lost that opportunity. And you know what? We kind of deserve it because we've, we've skipped at every chance to try and middle ground this we've had. So, I mean, you kind of get what you're, you get. Uh, just, just like all of my friends who are traditional liberals, who, who hold traditionally liberal values and, and beliefs that we should be accepting and tolerant, which I can respect. Uh, but all of those same people are now losing their minds that their liberal leader has turned into what he has turned into. I don't feel sorry for you. I'm I'm bitter that I'm stuck in it with you. Uh, but you guys voted for this guy. A, a, and I understand that not a super large portion of Canada has voted for this guy. But between the two socialist parties at this point, a majority of Canadians have voted for these people. So it's like, you get what you voted for. I just hope that you learn your lesson and you suffer enough this go-round that next go-round you realize how stupid you were. Uh, and I don't care who you vote for, just try to not be so stupid. Or hey, if, if you're on board with absolutely devaluing your currency, blowing up the, the systems of economics and traditions and norms, if that's your explicit goal... Cool, keep voting for the stuff. That's your right. You can vote for what you feel is right. Even if I think it's probably the stupidest thing ever. Uh, that's how democracy works. We don't all have to agree. Uh, we're just stuck under the thumb of the largest majority or the socialist coalition. So yeah, if you can't tell, didn't want to do this. It's, it's definitely got me a little more than annoyed um, but we have to, we got to, this is going to be something we have to actually break apart and look into and try and find a way out of at some point. Um, but for now, that's it. I'm like I said, I'm doing a short one this week. Really don't even want to, if, if you can't feel that vibe. So I, I, I just hope when you guys are listening to this, setting up your week, whenever you tune in, you can just match the vibe. None of us want this. It's gonna suck. We'll stick together and find a way through it. I really don't... I don't have any other... We don't have other options at this point. We've got to continue to build a community uh, that, given the opportunity, we can actually do something with. Uh, outreach. Grassroots. Activism. It's... uh. It's we're at the ground level now. This is where things start. This is where change happens. It's just in the uncomfortable phase of change happening. 
Uh, it's the, the precipitous. It's the starting moment of where change starts to happen out of absolute necessity. So, there's that. There's some hope. We can all unite against Trudeau, perhaps. Um, but yeah, hopefully you guys have a good week. And uh, hopefully in the next week or two, there uh, we talk some de-escalation in Russia-Ukraine. That'd be nice. I, I don't necessarily see it going on a crazy lot longer. I don't think it can be sustained globally, economically, or even just on the ground. Uh, I think it is heading towards a forced resolution at this point. So hopefully we can do that. Hopefully we can have a nice little relief from the chaos and insanity in the world uh, and have some good news. Uh, like I said, I think I'm going to try and set up We've been wanting to do a, a, a leaving the left episode, so maybe I'll roll that in with my, uh, my I want to do an NDP vote, voter. Wow, I'm going to bed. Uh, yeah, but I want to I wanna do uh, leaving the left, so we'll see if we can get a former lefty or two and uh, pick their brains. See what got them to finally leave. That's, that's kind of where I'm looking. I don't need to shame these people because they've left. So they've already understood that they've shamed themselves. Uh, so a postmortem would be nice. So we'll, we'll try and set that up for a week or two from now. Uh, but until then, I hope you guys had a great week. Have a great week ahead of you. Uh, I know I'm going to enjoy the rest of my weekend. Uh, but till then, you guys know what to do. Uh, pay the fee. If you enjoyed me and my doomsday-ish episode today, uh, just pass it on. Uh, send it to somebody who else who also might be uh, not loving the situation. Uh, you guys are not alone at this point, and uh, we appreciate our community. So, passes on uh, Apple, Spotify. Just uh, leave us a review if you're on those platforms. Uh, it means a lot to the algorithm. It, uh, it helps us get our reach out there. And uh, we couldn't be where we are without... Uh, all of you guys sharing and reviewing. It's its helped a ton, and I am so grateful for it. So thank you guys. And uh, till next week, stay free, everyone.
fly away with me.